The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. This is Dr. Barbara Young, your transformation success expert. I hope you're having a fantastic day, and I'd like to give a big shout out to my entire West Day family and to my worldwide fans of the Transformation for Success show. My thanks for your love and support, and I want you to keep those emails coming, and I am so happy today. I have on the show Miss C.J. Eastman, who has a compelling story of transformation, being sold two weeks after she was born in a black market transaction for $500, growing up technically homeless, and today is a strong, successful entrepreneur wearing many hats. So I want you to stay tuned as she's going to share her fascinating journey of transformation, how she overcame many challenges and circumstances to who she is today. So I want you to call your friends, tell them to listen in, or they can download the show later for their listening pleasure. And if they wish, they can tune in live on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Empowerment Channel and on Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Women's Channel. So you can also access me for questions, comments, or even topics that you'd like me to cover on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also download my previous Transformation for Success show interviews through my website, transformationforsuccess.com. I do welcome your emails, your questions, or insights about the show to info at transformationforsuccess.com. You know, today, this is your day. And for many of you who are going through some things, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling a little down. Well, let me tell you, no matter what you're going through, this is the show that you will be inspired by today. Now, to my guest, welcome, CJ. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on with you. I'm excited to have you on the show, and I want to thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to be with me today. You know, CJ, when I first met you some months ago, gosh, it's hard to believe time has gone by so fast. I mean, that was early in the year, and you were providing makeup that time as a makeup artist, and we just started chatting. And when you begin to share your story, and it, it was just incredible, my mouth fell open, and I knew then, I said, CJ, I'd love to have you on my show so you can share with the listeners today because it's an incredible journey that you've had. So today, after many months of us trying to get together, we finally have you on the show today. So again, thank you. You know, I want you to jump right in and share your background with the listeners because 
as I sort of uh, shared in the introduction, you know, it's something else to be sold uh, to parents for $500 in some sort of black market transaction you um, stated. And the fact that you were never really legally, legally adopted. So tell me a little bit about the early life and your your challenges and how you got through. Well, you know, as you stated, uh, when I was a couple weeks old, my mm-hmm. parents bought me. Um, they, My mother happened upon me in a car. When I say my mother, I, I mean the person who raised me. Uh-huh. She happened upon me in a car crying. Windows were rolled up. It was, um, you know, the doors were closed. It was the middle of June. And she got me out. And my birth mother came along and said, what are you doing with my baby? And she said, you can't leave a baby in the car like that. And she said, well, do you think you can do a better job? One thing to led to another, and she mm-hmm. they ended up purchasing me for $500. Oh, a bargain at twice the price. <laughs> but, <laughs> wow. but um you know, and, and then, you know, my parents raised me, um, and I actually had a very good life until I was about 15. Mm-hmm. And then my father, um, who raised me, he had a mental break, and he ended up being diagnosed um, manic-depressive, schizophrenic paranoia. And um, he tried to kill my mom and I. Um, I begged my mom to leave, but she believed that she um, had married him for sickness you know, in sickness Mm -hmm. and in health, Mm -hmm. and I certainly can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And she refused to leave, but I knew that it was not a place that I could grow and and just be healthy. Mm -hmm. So I left, and I bounced around from household to household of friends, never letting the school know, never letting my high school teachers or or counselors Mm -hmm. know that I was um, not at home. And, um, and, just barely made it by uh, graduating high school, but did graduate high school on time with everyone else and uh, just sort of went on with my life from there. Mm. Well, you know, what kind of impact really, CJ, did that have on you? You know, here you are in high school, you're going from friend to friend, you know, in houses, uh, practically homeless. How, how did that, you know, have an impact on you at that time? You know, high school years aren't, Many times are not the best years of most people's lives because you go through a lot. And um, so what kind of friends? I mean, what, what was going on with you emotionally at that time? Well, you know, I started out, I remember, you know, being a freshman in high school and I kind of got in with what I I'd, I'd now look mm-hmm. at as the wrong crowd. And and uh, they were, you know, doing drugs and things like that. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't partake. Um, and... Um, but I, they were, they were a group that accepted me, so I kind of hung okay. out with them. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, as I started looking at some of their older brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. um, that they were not leading lives that I wanted to live. And I always had high expectations for myself, and maybe mm-hmm. those were set by my parents at a very young age. Mm-hmm. But um, I decided that that they were not the people for me to be hanging out with. So I completely cut myself off from them. And uh, started trying to make friends in other circles, and mm-hmm. uh, and ended up getting some very good friends. Who again, whose families took me in. Um, mm-hmm. I lived uh, in three different homes for the most part. Um, you know, about a year each each time. Um, actually, two homes, and then the 
the third place that I lived, I was actually roommates with a, a, a gentleman who had graduated the year before mm-hmm. and another girl who had some family home problems. And the three of us lived in a house um, our, my senior year. And so needless to say, this was the house that everybody came over to um, and hung out because there were no parents. And I finally just had to pull myself up by the bootstraps and focus, or I, or I realized I wasn't going to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And then the, the week that I graduated high school and turned 18 in the same week, I drove to Orange County. I got a job as a waitress and an apartment, my very first apartment. Wow. That I talked my that I talked my way into because I had absolutely no reason that that someone would rent me an apartment. But um, mm-hmm. the landlord she took um, pity on me. She was a wonderful Australian woman, and uh, she gave me a place to live. and And um, and I started on my own and just um, working hard. I kept going to school. Um, I many times through my life I used the college, the community college system. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite know what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I studied to be a dental assistant. I studied to be a flight attendant. I studied to be an accountant. None of them ever quite clicked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, just your passion. And, wasn't your you know, passion. And my passion actually, I think, is um, media. Mm-hmm. It's the entertainment industry. Um, I'm now a, um, a freelance producer, a freelance makeup artist, but I also... I'm a real estate agent. I also raise money for um, nonprofits in the mm-hmm. in my area, and I also uh, do event coordination as well. Well, you've done some wonderful things, but but it's just interesting. Let's go back because, like, when you were you know young and you're you're, you're uh, sort of more or less were motivated inside. It's intriguing uh, as I listen to you because a lot of young people and coming out of the circumstances that you came out of would be hanging around with that crowd that was sort of going in the wrong direction. But what is it you think that kept you on a steady course, and I'm, I'm using that phrase, of, of upward mobility, so to speak? I mean, you, wanted, you said you wanted something better from yourself. Do you think that came from the foundation you received from the parents that uh, more or less adopted you? I raised you. Let me put it that way. You know, you know, we all study in school about, um, you know, whether it's nature or nurture. And mm-hmm. certainly, in my life, I have tried to look at things and figure out. And you know, I'm very lucky. I'm married to a wonderful man for 26 years, and we have two adult children now. Mm-hmm. And I look at them, and and I can't help but think that it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some nature and some nurture in everyone. Um, it's not all one or the other. Um, because my, my mom, uh, who raised me, mm-hmm. she was, she was scared of change. She was scared to, um, to leave, not just that she wanted to take care of my father, but she was scared. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I never have, have, have dealt with, um, fear. I've never mm-hmm. stayed in one place because of fear. Mm-hmm. And so I have have to think that that is partly uh, nature, mm-hmm. and then the nurture. Yes, I believe that I became who I am and kept moving, you know, upwardly, mm-hmm. um, mobile, because of the the nature, the, the nurturing that I got from mm-hmm. from my parents. They um, they provided me a loving home. I was raised as an only child, 
Um, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I was going to yes, ask you yes. are there, are there any other, you know, did you have siblings, you know, in the home? I did not. I was raised as an only child. My my mother had been married previously, and she had three children, but they were all adults, and were I, I rarely ever saw them. Okay. Uh, they were not in the home, mm-hmm. and um, and so I was given every opportunity. I was um, I was I was sent to private school, um, okay. but you know all of that crashed. You know, all of that came crashing down when I was 15, and my father had his breakdown. Um, my mother and I, for, for weeks, lived in our car um, while things were sorted out with the mental health system. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like I said, I, I made the choice to go out on my own. And I don't know, there was just, I think that we all, deep inside, have something that, that tells us where we should be and who we should be, but sometimes we don't listen to it. Right. And I'm a, I'm a big believer that you have to listen to, to the voice in your, you know, in your heart that right. tells you what you should be doing. Well, you know, I was thinking about that as you were talking about, too, uh, the nature and the nurture. Obviously, you know, because I, I, I sort of believe in terms of, you know, that inbuilt DNA, uh, because you didn't know your birth parents, but obviously there were some good genes in there, what I'd like to think of it that way. And that with the nurturing, with, and it sounds like if your mother was married before and she had older children, that she was more mature um, in yes. raising you. Yes, they were both. My mother was, um, my mother was 40 when they adopted me as a mm-hmm. newborn. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my father was uh, 34. So they were, in growing up, most of my, my childhood friends, their parents were about the, um, uh, their, their grandparents were about the same age as my, my friends, or my mm-hmm. parents. Right, right. So, I mean, and then, too, we look at the fact that you started uh, out in a private school. Um, and maybe, too, when we look at that, how blessed you were for that foundation of having a nurturing family. You're in a private school, which I'm sure was a, a good private school. And you were in the state of Kentucky, right? Well, no, actually. Was I mean, so we, I, was, I uh-huh. was born in California. Oh, okay. But my parents, my parents took me back when I was um, just before starting school, so around the age uh-huh. of five. They took me back to Kentucky, where my father had been born, and went into the Hall of Records and said, we were here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. My wife gave birth, and we never stopped. We just went on to California, but we need to get a birth certificate. And they said, sure, no problem. Obviously, this was before, um, you know, the things that we have to go through now to, to get mm-hmm. records. But they then brought me back to California, but I grew up until I was 25 thinking that I was born in Kentucky. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. And you were actually and, born in California. <laughs> and oh, my I was, goodness. Exactly. And I was, I was actually born and raised right here in California. So, um, and it was, you know, and it was, that in itself was hard. I was uh, 25 when I got married to my first husband. Mm-hmm. And we were on our honeymoon, and we stopped in to see the person I thought was my half-brother, um, one of my mother's sons in San Francisco area. And we were looking at photo albums and I kept noticing that, you know, my mother was five foot 10. My father was six foot seven. They were both very tall and I mm-hmm. top off at five, five. And I always wondered why I wasn't as tall as everybody. And as we're going through these photo albums, 
everybody's very tall. And I said to, to him, I said, I, I don't understand why I'm so short. I said, I used to think that maybe I was adopted. And he said, do you want to know the truth? And that's when he broke it to me. And that's how I found out on my honeymoon. And you were 25. I was 25. Well, I tell you, that's a fascinating story. As I told you, when I first met you, I said, I got I to interview this lady because it's a, really an incredible story, but most importantly, what you've done with your life. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to interview Miss C.J. Eastman and get a little bit more about her journey. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this commercial break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to Transformation for Success show today. And listen, I'm so excited. I have on my show today Miss C.J. Eastman, who has an incredible story, but she has been or is an entrepreneur. She's been a television producer, and she still does that, I should say. She wears many hats. She's a fundraiser for a nonprofit organization. And most importantly, she's a realtor right now, and she's doing all the things that she loves to do. But this woman, I'm telling you, is incredible. So again, CJ, thank you so much for sharing your story. Now, those of you who might not have heard the first part, got to go back and download the show so you can hear the first part of the show. But uh, CJ, I'm really intrigued about going back to when you're at 25 and you, you find out that you were adopted. Were you intrigued about who your birth parents were? You know, I, I, I was, and I went to my, when I got back from my honeymoon, I went to my mom, mm-hmm. and I had to break it to her that the information that I that I'd found out. Mm-hmm. And at first, she denied it. She, you know, I always say that, that um, I grew up in the age pre-Oprah, where people um, kept their secrets in their closet, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and so she wasn't uh, wanting to talk about it. And I said, you know... 
I said, that's fine. If, if you, um, if it's not true, then you, um, I just wanted to give you the chance to get it off your chest because I thought that would be a really heavy burden to carry with you. Mm-hmm. If, if that were the case. And she broke down crying and said, all right, I admit it, it you know, it's true. And, uh, and so I started asking her questions, you know, who mm-hmm. my parents. Mm-hmm. She did not want to give me any information. She would tell me that she didn't remember anything. She, she had mm-hmm. no idea. And so I went to my grandmother, her mother, mm-hmm. and who I was extremely close with. And I said, um, can you tell me something? And she said, you know, I swore to your mom that I wouldn't, and she will disown me if I tell you anything. And then she proceeded to tell me, you know, there's a picture on the desk in my mm-hmm. in my bedroom. And if you, uh, if anything ever happens to me, please make sure you get that picture of you. It doesn't belong to your mom. It doesn't belong to anybody but you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she proceeded to say, you know, I'm going out to the doctor uh, next week, and, and I won't be here if you wanted to come by, but come on in. I'll have some food in the refrigerator for you. And I kind of got what she was saying, and so uh-huh. I came over that next week, and I, I, I grabbed that photo, and I pulled it out, and written on the back of it was the fact that I had been born in L.A. County, uh-huh. and my birth last, the last name, my birth last name, and that's all that was in there. And so then I proceeded to um, contact the uh, Hall of Records in, in Los Angeles County. I gave them my birth date. I gave them the last name. Um, and I said, that's all I know. If, you know, please let me know uh-huh. if you have any uh-huh. records. And um, a couple of weeks later in the mail came a birth certificate. And uh, it had my, my birth date. Um, I always joked that luckily I was always reading the right horoscope. It was the same birth date. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and it had my parents and and they, you know, I'd always as I was trying to find information, I thought, well, maybe uh-huh. they were young and they, you know, she was she was single, uh-huh. but it wasn't. It was a married couple. Um, she was in her late twenties and he was in his early thirties, and uh, so I started wondering, you know, yeah. why? Why well, would they? I, why yeah. would they do this? And But then I started realizing, you know, I could start researching this. I could look into it. Mm-hmm. But I might, I'm, it, I'm most likely not, not going to like what I find. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by this time, I had built a life that was um, going along just great. I was, I was happy with myself. And, and I just didn't feel a need to open a can of worms mm-hmm. um, that, that may not lead me down a path that I'd want to go down. So right. I let it go for I let it go for many years. But then, um, you know, I, I divorced um three years later and and I ended up meeting my current husband who I've been married to for twenty six years. Well twenty six years is a wonderful that is a wonderful year. So you've been with this husband for twenty six years. You had been married before and then now, my, my question was, you got a great marriage, and then you never really went to search for your birth parents. Am I right about that? That's right. Until, until I got married to my, to my current husband and we started having kids, then I started doing a little bit of research, but, but nothing wholeheartedly, uh-huh. um, just some Ancestry.com stuff, because I started worrying about genetics. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. So... So I, you know, and I, what I found out was that um, my birth parents had both um, passed away, 
and that I, according to Ancestry.com, two years after I was born, my birth parents gave birth to another uh, girl. And I guess, you know, part of me would love to find her. If I have a full sister out there, that would be great. But honestly, if they sold me, um, what's to say what happened to her? I don't know what her life was like. Right, right. Oh, gosh. But see, I, you know one of the things. You've heard the statement, uh, what you don't know won't hurt you. And so basically, you know, it, you're probably better off. And, it, and, I, and from listening to you, CJ, you had great parents. They raised you until the age of 15 uh, when you had made that decision to leave home. But by then, you had developed character, you had developed goals. And, and obviously, you had a determination to make something out of your life and to graduate from high school, which you did. So, I, I mean, I commend you for having that within you. So obviously, uh, you talked about nature and nurture. Obviously, your birth parents did give you something, and that something is that seed of determination and courage that helped you to, you know, make a life for yourself. You know, uh, what kind of job, I mean, you know, you went through various things, and I know that you're now, you know, you've been, uh, you are a television producer, you're an entrepreneur, you, you're a fundraiser, you're doing all these great things, but what kind of jobs did you pursue early on that, that prepared you that you think for this, the careers that you experience today? Well, you know, I, um, I, I spent a lot of time in my early years waitressing, which, you know, a lot of people look at that as, as a, a menial job, and, and it can be, but, you know, what it teaches you is how to deal with people. And I learned very much how to, how to deal with people, how to um, deal with people of different races, different, um, you know, different behaviors. And so that was helpful. And then mm-hmm. you know, I, I, did, I did temp jobs and I, I worked um, for, you know, a, a Dun & Bradstreet doing, doing payroll. Oh, wow. I, I did, all, yeah. I, I did mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Um, and just kept coming back to the theater, coming back to television. I just mm-hmm. always, I just always loved that. And, um, and so, and then, you know, I was, in, I was working in television. I was working for the television show Extra mm-hmm. and, uh, 9-11 hit and mm-hmm. I, um, got called in by my boss and I was told you, um, uh, I've got bad news and worse news. Bad news is <laughs> we have to lay off 30 people, and the worst news is you're number 30. Oh, wow. And so I then, um, you know, didn't know what I was going to do after I got laid off. And, mm-hmm. and I, my mother-in-law um, was on the planning commission in Anaheim, and she came to me and she said, the mayor has just lost his aid. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be wonderful at it. And so I went out to breakfast with him and I met with him and I, he offered me the job and I said, no, I think that, you know, it's probably not the best choice. I'm not your best choice. I've never worked in, in politics. I've never had anything to do with it. And he mm-hmm. said, but you've worked in entertainment. You've worked with people. He said, you, you, you have to trust me. You've got what it takes. So that was my first job in politics. And then um, later, so I was his aide, and then about 10 years later, my, my mother-in-law ran for Anaheim City Council, and I was her <laughs> aide, and, and now one of the talk shows that I work on is a uh, politically uh, 
based talk show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so every, you know, what I would say to people is whatever experience you're getting right now, you will draw from it um, for whatever it is that is in your future. There are things that I've done that I never thought would uh, would help me later, but uh-huh. then I get to a point in my life and all of a sudden that pops into my head and I've got some experience that helps me get through whatever that, it is I'm going through at that time. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You know, and I have to tell a lot of people, to, you know, to enjoy each experience because it's teaching you, it's like a building block. It's building you for the next career. You can't see, I'm sure you couldn't see when you started out being a waitress on your own at 15, that you would end up working for a television studio, that you'd become a television producer. But all of the things that you did gave you the experience and probably the confidence that you needed to become where you are today, right? Yes. Absolutely. And and you know, so I never finished. Um, you know, I never finished school. I had gone back to school, mm-hmm. and uh, as, as an adult, um, once again to pursue mm-hmm. my my career in television. And I never finished my degree because I got offered such a great job in television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my kids were, um, you know, shoot to to many years later. My kids are both in high school, and I thought. I never, I'm going to ask them to get a degree, and I've never bothered to get a degree myself. So I actually went back to school part-time, and I got my bachelor's degree uh, in uh, television and film at the age of 52. Hey, hey, and hey. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank That's you. And wonderful. It, it just, it's it never just too late. It's to show that it's... you're never too old. You, yeah, you. You know, and, and, and it was interesting because oftentimes I'd walk into the first day of class and people would start coming up and asking me questions. And I'd think, why are they asking me questions? And I realized they thought I was the teacher <laughs> because I, I was much closer to the teacher's age than I was theirs. But, um, but it was a great experience, and I'm glad I did it. And now my, my kids are both mm-hmm. in college. And when they start saying, oh, it's hard or it's this or it's that, I can say, look, I relate. I was there not that long ago. But, you know, CJ, it's interesting. How did you, you know, how is it you never felt like I've met a lot of people that life was unfair and why did this happen to you? And, you know, why, why, what happened that you didn't fall into that woe is me syndrome, I call it? And why did this happen to me? You know, I I've always been somebody who um, I, I I've laughed and I said I've have I haven't had to spend a lot of money on therapy because I use all my friends as my therapy. Um, <laughs> okay. Not that I haven't been to therapy, but uh-huh. but I I talk to my friends and my friends talk to me. And what I noticed with a lot of my friends was that you know let's say they would complain about this horrible awful man that they were dating. They would uh-huh. turn around and they would date the same man, different name different body, but mm-hmm. the same man, and they'd make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I determined a long time ago, after listening to many of my friends do this and watching them do it, that I would never, I would try never to make the same mistake twice, that I would try to learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you get into the mindset that it's somebody else's fault or that the things that happen to you are out of your control, Many things are out of control, but what mm-hmm. you are in control of is how you deal with them. Absolutely. And I think that's what's important. Well, that's great. And that's something that I think we learn. And I'm, I'm glad you're open about that. And April, listeners out there to hear 
um, how CJ is looking at. Now, this isn't something that you learned through therapy. Was this something that you came to understand on your own? Not necessarily through. I think a little mm-hmm. bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. think that um, that you know, for for some people, mm-hmm. it's hard to talk to people um, that know you, um, that know you well, mm-hmm. and so you know, a therapist. You want somebody who's very unbiased, and I think mm-hmm. that that works for some people. Mm-hmm. And then talking to you know close friends works for others. For me, I both work for me. And I think mm-hmm. I took a little from, from both experiences. And um, you just have to take what works for you and use it the best you can. I think that's really great. Um, because I think talking, being able to talk to friends, but being able to talk to that person who you know is not judging. And you're able to be yes. very open uh, and honest uh, with that person because they're not judging you. And, but you know, Absolutely. basically. I, I think <laughs> I always say therapy is really talk is really talking it because I really advocate to many people that I coach and counsel that the answer is within you. It really is. It is within you. But you need to have that opportunity to hear, to talk it out, and to hear that the answer is within you. So I I agree absolutely, and I think that um, that it's important sometimes to have somebody who is unbiased, doesn't mm-hmm. know your history, that Definitely. that it, that can hear it all um, mm-hmm. clean and, and help you with, with your choices. So if I were to say, uh, Miss CJ, some of the tools and maybe some of the strategies and that moved you to have this new beginning or an understanding, uh, first of all, was seeking a, uh, someone to help you, realizing that you needed to talk to someone, because I think a lot of people fear maybe uh, talking to a therapist or or just having to admit that, you know, because it's like a stigma in some uh, cultures that it's a stigma to go and see someone, uh, but to actually talk with friends and to talk to that person who's not, who's very unbiased, using your word, but to a- absolutely help you to be able to discover for yourself Truly, as I always say, that there is so much greatness within us if we just can tap into that power within us to move us, to forgive, to heal. And that we're going to talk about when I come back, about how you are able to heal and forgive. Because I know having a marriage uh, that did not work and then a second marriage and then all of these things that do, do happen to us, what helped you to heal? So, listeners, stay tuned as we're going to be right back with my guest, Miss CJ Eatman. He's smart. Oh, my goodness. But so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and 
Did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the VoiceAmerica.tv Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Miss C.J. Eastman, who is sharing her compelling story of transformation, being sold two weeks after she was born in a black market transaction for $500, living in a dysfunctional household after a certain period of time and having to leave home at age 15 for her safety, and really practically growing up what we would say, and she calls it, technically homeless. But today, she is a strong, successful entrepreneur wearing many, many hats. So she's been sharing her remarkable story. So, CJ, now back to you. We talked about, you know, the things that you've gone through, um, first marriage and then now a second marriage. You've pursued a number of jobs. You've had a number of things that have happened to you. We talked about at age 30, not, not 30, but working at... Uh, television studio um, after 9-11 you yes. found out that you were laid off and you were number 30 and they were laying off 30 people so I, I, I sort of say all these things because what happened or what happens to have one forgive and what happened to you where you were able to forgive and to heal and to begin this fresh start was there something that, that motivated that you know, one of the things that, that I was probably the angriest about was that, you know, when I was 15, as I said, my father was diagnosed with schizophrenia, uh, paranoid, um, manic depression. And as a teenager, I did my research and I found out that schizophrenia was hereditary. And uh-huh. my, oh, my, my mom goodness. never uh-huh. bothered to tell me that I didn't have to worry about that. She knew that I was adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew that that did not run in my, you know, in my genes. But mm-hmm. she let me worry about that. And I worried about it until I was 25 when I found out that I didn't belong to, to the parents that raised me. Mm-hmm. And I held that anger for, for quite a while. Um, I never really voiced it to my mom. But I just, I, I just realized at some point that... I couldn't hold it. It was, if I held on to it, it just made me angry inside. Uh-huh. It made me, there was a turmoil inside of me that uh-huh. wasn't free to do what I needed to do, to, to do the things I wanted to do, to be the person I wanted to be. Uh-huh. And so I had to let it go. Um, I think part of it is my faith. Um, I am a uh-huh. Christian woman, and uh-huh. while I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not probably, you know, you won't see me in church every week. I'm, I'm not, you know, as strong as I should be in my faith. Um, I, I still, I, you know, I say my prayers and I, and I know there's mm-hmm. a higher force helping me. Right. Um, 
but um, but I need to be stronger, not just for me, but for the people around me. Right. Um, right. Because I I've got two, ch- you know, two children, 21, mm-hmm. 24, and I want to, more than anything, I want to be an example to them. And they're going to find things, you know, we all can blame our parents for things mm-hmm. that have happened to us. There's, yes. there's not one of us that have a perfect parent. And I know how I would feel if my children were angry at me um, mm-hmm. into their adulthood and, it, mm-hmm. and if I stifled them in any way. And so it's important for me to let go so that they can let go um, because I'm sure there are things that, um, you know, we used to joke about, oh, better put a dollar in the therapy jar. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, I, and I'm sure that, that they probably can come up with a number of things to, um, you know, to say that I, I could have been better at. But it's just letting go and moving on and moving forward and using that experience, once again, using that experience mm-hmm. to help you in the future. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you uh, you talked about this because I was going to ask that question uh, about, you know, knowing that the uh, father who raised you had this mental illness, if that was a concern, you know, for you. Um and 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 so you address that issue because that is something that I think if you find out that it is in the family, you know, you do. Most people are concerned about that. Just like, and it could be not just mental health, but other health issues. Because if there's a history of, say, breast cancer in the family, you naturally, you know, you would be concerned, or most people are, or any other kinds of uh, mental or health conditions. So that's sort of a natural thing. And I, you know, I grew up in a situation where I didn't know my um, real father until I was 19, almost 20. And that was important, and I didn't learn that until I was 19. And that was sort of a thing. Who is he? Uh, what, you know, what is he about? You know, and that was a concern for me, even at that age. Um, and I met him when I was 20. So <laughs> these are these are interesting, interesting things. So we kind of share a little bit of uh, a story together. But you talked about being a Christian, and I know you have a relationship. It isn't about the church and being in the church. I realize it's about a relationship. So given that, were there any motivational quotes or biblical quotes that that helped you through difficult times? You know, I can't think of one in particular mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. stood out to me. I, I mm-hmm. relate more to the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's, we hear all the time about forgiveness and right. I think that it's, it's not just learning to forgive others. It's learning to forgive yourself. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. we, we make mistakes in our mm-hmm. lives because we haven't known any better and you have to forgive yourself for making that mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and pound your head over it. And, you know, just get so taken up in it that you can't move on. And so forgiveness is not just for others, it's for ourselves as well. That's and, exactly um, and, I, mm-hmm. and so I think that's, you know, probably, probably the stories of forgiveness are, mm-hmm. and, and trust me, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are people who would say, well, she never forgave me. And it, it's not even that I went and told them that I forgave mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. it's it's forgiving them in 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 my mind, in my heart, and That's letting right. go. That's right. Letting go. But it's such a burden to carry uh, unforgiveness. Golly, it's such a burden. 
oh, wow, you know, um, it's really interesting because it's like unforgiveness is like um, giving someone uh, poison and, and, you know, taking in, in taking poison and expecting somebody else to die from it. So you're carrying around all this load. Wow, that was a lesson for me. You know, I want to ask you, uh, I have, I usually like to do this little exercise and it's sort of like finishing my my next sentences. Would you kind of indulge me on that? (laughs) Sure. Sounds like like fun. It is. And so I said, I'm going to ask CJ, my greatest, finish this sentence, my greatest fear is? Being homeless. And I think, obviously, because of uh, Mm -hmm. the past that I had as a teenager, even though I was, you know, sleeping on people's couches, I was sleeping on the, you know, in a a sleeping bag on the floor, especially with the way it permeates society today, and I watch, you know, you cannot drive down the street that you don't see homeless people. Right. And... Um, so that is actually one of my biggest fears, and, and I have friends that laugh and say, oh, CJ, you, you're somebody who would never be homeless. You would find, you know, you, you would find a way out of it, but it's still a, a deep-seated fear. Um, I need that security, and um, it, is, it is a great fear of mine. Okay, and that's, and that's understandable, but I know through the help of God, you can overcome that. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Become a parent. <laughs> it takes, it and that's takes understandable a lot. Too. It's a big responsibility, isn't it? It is. And especially be- for me because, you know, yes, I had great parents until I was about 15. I mean, I had great parents, but, mm. you know, it was, it was a pretty okay life until I was about 15. But really, you know... When, once I got to, once my children got to fifteen, um, I was I was in a canoe without an oar. I didn't know how to parent that fifteen year old because I was never parented at fifteen. Right. And and so to decide to take on the role of parenthood. Luckily for me, I have a wonderful husband who is, um, you know, we we balance each other um, very very well, and. But, but yeah, being a parent was um, something it took courage for me to do because um, I, didn't, I didn't know for sure that I'd had um, the type of role models, you know, throughout my childhood um, to, you know, to, to look back at and, and to, to model. But I bet you were a good parent because you recalled, probably fantasized what it would have been like to have had parents at 15. So I know you did a good job. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and I was lucky because the, the mm-hmm. families that I lived with, um, I became, you know, surrogate, you know, children to them. Right. Um, right. They became my surrogate parents um, when I was living in their homes, and I had to follow their rules, and I had to, you know, so I was lucky because um, I got to, uh, and I got, and, and it was interesting because I had different, you know, different families um, parent differently. And mm-hmm. so I got to, I actually got to see, you know, we usually only see our own parenting, um, but I got to see other people's parenting as well. So I guess I had a few different role models to, um, to play off of and, and a few different um, parents not to, you know, not mm-hmm. to, to uh, use their examples as well. I think that's wonderful because most of us who became parents, you know, we emulate what our parents did 
because we had no other. And it's really interesting how this is the one um, choice in life we make. We have children and you have no training on how to become a parent or how to be a parent. So a lot of <laughs> mine was touch and go. <laughs> well, you, know, you have to you have to get a license to hunt. You have to get a license to fish, mm-hmm. a license to drive. There's no license required no. to parent, and no, it it's uh, it's interesting. I think that that um, that it's it's one of the unsung. You know, parents are the unsung heroes, um, and uh, you know, it's we've see, we've all seen parents who have done a good job, but we've also seen parents who who maybe have not. Um, and we only get, we only can get a little bit better than what our own parents were. And it's true. But I, I have to hearken to one thing I do know. There is a biblical perspective uh, that gives us about training up a child in the way he should go. And when he grows old, he will not depart from it. So there, there is a biblical perspective on child rearing. And it was uh, and it also talks about discipline and love. So I, I'm not going to say we don't, you know, we don't have a guide. We do because I think the manufacturer manual is the best guide I have. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's interesting because in society, I think we've seen any of us who have been around for a while have seen that the, um, the styles of parenting come and go in, in yeah. society, um, but but there's really, you know, meaning that, you know, oh, you can spank a child, you shouldn't spank a child, you should put a child on timeout, you shouldn't put a child on timeout, you know, they change, but but the, but the steady, you know, the, but, but the, like you spoke to, um, rearing a child, um, one of the things I'm very thankful for, my, my parents sent me, my father was an atheist because he was, a, was, a, a, was adopted, uh-huh. um, I'm sorry, was an orphan uh, uh-huh. at the age of eight. He lost uh-huh. both his parents. And so he was an atheist. He didn't feel that um, a loving God would do that to a child. My mother, on the other hand, um, was, a, was a Christian woman, and she uh-huh. went out and worked. Um, a job so that she could send me to Christian school because my father said, you can send her to Christian school, but I won't pay for it. Uh And so my mom sent me to Christian school. We never went to church um, as a family, but Uh I got that, that um, wearing as a child, I got that, that basis as a child that I then took forward later. And, you know, um, and sort of in reflection, that's probably why you, you turned out the way you did, because, you know, there was somebody watching over you and you knew and had that grounding. And I think it's so important. Uh, I, I was sort of chuckling when I was thinking about uh, becoming a parent, because when I was raising children, it was Dr. Spock. Uh, that was yes. everybody was raising their children, <laughs> according to Dr. Spock. You probably don't remember that, but it was, you know, not really applying discipline where I had to apply some discipline on a backside, you know. But basically, uh, I want to just say um, thank you for sharing uh, so much of yourself today. But if I could ask one last question, that is, what's the one life lesson to remember as you look back on your life? I think the the one life lesson I would look back at is never, <clears throat> never say never. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, when I was when I was single, and I would see parents with kids, I'd say, "Oh, I'd never do that." Uh-huh. Um, when I, you know, there's been many things when I've been with 
with um, friends and they tell me about their, their boyfriends and their problems. Oh, I would never do that. And you, it seems to me that whenever you say never, um, God puts it in front of you and shows you that never say never because <laughs> you might just find yourself in a situation where you have to do what you said you never would do. Um, you have to keep an open mind and and uh, and just look forward and do what you need to do to keep moving. That is so great. I am so happy to have had you on the show today. You know, it's really been a privilege and just a joy to share your transformational journey because I tell you, you've done a marvelous job and you've done a great job with your children. And I want to wish you God's blessings as you continue your success journey because there's a lot more, CJ, for you. Well, listeners, it's time to wrap up the show today, but I know that many of you have benefited from hearing CJ's story. And I have learned during my lifetime that no matter what challenges and hardships life hands you, you can choose to rewrite the script as CJ did with her life. So have a great week. And until then, be encouraged, be humble, be grateful, and be forever transformed with success. So this is Dr. Young, Transformation for Show, talk show host, signing off until next week, and I'll see you then. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.